This morning, uh, we're going to go back uh, a few verses with a little bit of review of yesterday uh, by looking at a, uh, a different, uh, at, at the paraphrase, the message paraphrase. We are in Second uh, Peter chapter 1, and uh, uh, this is part 3 now of chapter 1. We will finish up chapter 1. Uh, we will finish chapter 1. Uh, this morning and be able to get to chapter two uh, tomorrow. At least that is the plan at this point in time. So uh, hopefully you're all doing well. It's always good to spend the first part of the morning with you all looking at God's words so we can consider how we can become more like Jesus so that we can follow him. I Luke 6.40 says that when uh, a student is fully taught, he will be like his teacher. And Jesus is our teacher, 
And when we're fully taught, we'll be like him. That's the goal, to become like Christ, uh, become like Christ in his character, to become like Christ in his values, to become like Christ in his priorities. That's the goal. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to pick up here, uh, looking at the message, just a little recap out of yesterday. Uh, so he says, based on the fact that we've been given all these good things in, in Christ, everything we need for life and godliness, picking up in verse 5, it says, based on this fact, don't lose a minute building on what you've been given. So built on everything that we've been given in Christ, complementing your basic faith with good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. Now, again, when you do a comparison of those two, um, it, it will render something that looks more like uh, more like this. It's going to be just a second here. An IV eighty four and message. Okay. We'll look at it this way. Um, this is a comparative. Again, this is the eSword Bible uh, app, Bible program that, that I like to use and I've been using for years, eSword. So here you go, comparing uh, verse 5 in, in the NIV 84 and in the message for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness to goodness knowledge, um, to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. And he says, uh, so don't lose a minute building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character and spiritual understanding. And then he says in verse 6, this is Peter saying, and to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness. You see this over in the NIV side. And over on the message side, Eugene Peterson saying, applying alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder. Uh, again, back over to the NIV, to godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love. And, and you, you see the comparative there and kind of how this fleshes out uh, in in between the translation of the NIV 84 and the paraphrase of the message. Verse 8 says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Eugene Peterson says, With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our Master Jesus. You're getting the point here. Let me go take us over to just the NIV 84. Um, looking at it this way. Verse 8, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they'll keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. Now, friends, we are to be effective and productive. Uh, I I labored that point uh, last Sunday. Uh, we are to produce fruit. Um, some people will make it to heaven by the skin of their teeth, by faith in Jesus, 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, as those who have just uh, made it as one escaping through the flames, that is how it's put in 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, and we don't want to be that way. Uh, we shared last Sunday morning the passage out of Matthew 25, the, the uh, disbursement of the talents, and, and, and then uh, the master coming back looking for what would have been gained through those talents. And when he found none, he was not happy. But those that doubled their talents, doubled their abilities, he was happy with them. Uh, and so, friends, we are to be productive in our Christian life. So look at your life and say, what, what, what's my life as a Christian producing? Now, some Christians are are uh, venerable evangelists. They're very, very good at, uh, at being able to share Christ with others and lead people to Christ. Uh, some people are adept at teaching Bible. That's my thing. Um, some people are really great at leading a small group. Some people, that's not your thing. Some people, words are not your thing. Some people are are supporters of, of ministry. Uh, some are behind-the-scenes organizers. Some are those that get into the details and data management and all those different things, and they're so good at that aspect. We each have a role to play, and let's make sure that we are fruitfully playing the role that God has given called us to, that God has gifted us for, for the kingdom. That, that What we do goes to advance the work of Christ, goes to advance the gospel, and we are to be productive. So just look at yourself and say, hmm, how am I producing fruit for Jesus? You know, having, having said that, um, there, there are a couple things coming up that you could go to. One is a Friday night thing on September 1st. Now, you say, why would we do something on a holiday weekend? Well, because it's coming out of Australia. Uh, let me see if I can bring this up for you and share it with you. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. There we go. Um an event to learn more about disciple making and um, it goes from like what did I say 7 p.m. until probably midnight I think because it is coming out of Australia which uh which is the reason for the, the, the weird time of a Friday night at that type of an hour. Um, here we go. I'll pull this up for you. Uh, let me just drag this over. You can find this on my Facebook. And here it is. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of spending a little extra time doing this, but it's a disciple-making master class, uh, 9 a.m. 9 to 1 p.m. 
which hits three, four hours. So maybe it goes to 11 o'clock Saturday, September 2nd, but that is Australian time. So that means it's taking place for us Friday night. And uh, Don has it there. He's put it in. Might be something to consider going to. John North travels all over the world uh, as a master disciple-making movement leader. So to invest in, uh, learning more about disciple-making, it's a phenomenal opportunity. You don't have you can you could do this in your PJs and participate in this master class uh, by my friend, um, by my friend John North. So. I just throw that out to you, that that's something you can do. That's a way to grow in your knowledge, because Peter says here to grow in your knowledge, you know, so that what? So that we can be productive and effective in our lives in Christ. So I uh, I just I share that with you um, as something you can do to add to your knowledge that will help you to be productive in Christ. Let me finish this passage, and we'll push down into the, to the subsequent part. It says, if anyone doesn't have these things, he's nearsighted and blind. He's forgotten he's been cleansed from his uh, past sins. Therefore, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you'll never fail. And I say, why sure? Isn't it Christ that makes it sure? Yes, but there's language in the Bible like this. We have... Uh, the reality of God's grace in our life, the reality of the gospel in our life is, is going to be demonstrated by us working it out. Peter says it here. Paul says the same thing in uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We have our part to do. And if we're not interested in doing this part, if we're not interested in growth, if we're not interested in the things of Christ, uh, if we're not interested at all in the Word of God, we just might not be a Christian. So if these things are of interest, pursue them, chase them, prove your calling, prove your election by going after these things in Christ. He ended up saying, you know, I, I say these things down in verse 13. He says, I say these things to refresh your memory. Why? Because uh, I, I want to remind you of these things so that you will be firmly established, verse 12, in truth, in the truth you now have. That is why Paul, not Paul, that's why Peter labors on these things. Um, now, let's jump down into verse 16 and, through 21 and finish out this chapter. Some would say, you know, the, the, Christian, the Christian life, the Bible is written by a man, some clever man wrote the Bible. Wow, that, that's pretty incredible to think about all the world's history that is verifiable through things like archaeology, uh, world history that is verifiable by other historical accounts outside the Bible, uh, by the fact that our calendar is now set by the life of Christ, uh, by the fact that you can go to Jerusalem uh, and see the impact that, that Christ had. Um, now, there are still Jews who do not want to acknowledge Jesus as Messiah, and, and plenty of Gentiles who don't want to acknowledge Jesus as Messiah as well. But we would say to people who say to us, you know, it's a fairy tale. Uh, people who would say to us, well, it's, it's a man-made invention. Uh, Peter is going to address that in this section. What we have in the Christian life is much more than, than a man-made invention. This comes from God. And so 
Peter gives these words to us to help us understand this. He said, we did not follow follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is the first thing. This this is the first part. This is the the first point that that I want to make is the fact that uh, is the fact that um, Peter says we saw this. Peter isn't saying, "Hey, I I just uh, I'm telling you something that we heard from somebody else down on the street corner." Uh, he's not saying, "I'm telling you something that we got." Uh, you know, through through a, a gossip chain, he's he's not saying that. Oh, I'm telling you something that was in a Marvel comic book. Uh, he's not saying I'm, we're telling you something that you know has been passed down, passed down, passed down. He says I'm telling you something here that we literally were eyewitnesses of, uh, and he was. Uh, in fact, he's going to get into it in verse 18 a little bit more. They were eyewitnesses, and he says of His Majesty. Verse 18 will. Will will underline how uh, they were eyewitnesses of the majesty, but but they ate with him, they walked with him, they observed him, they listened to him. Uh, you know, they 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 probably touched him from time to time, like when he was asleep in in the stern of the boat, and they probably shook him and said, "Jesus, get up, come on, dude, you're you're asleep, we're drowning here, man." And uh, um, they were with him. For three years, they saw him in a resurrected state. That's the witnesses of his majesty to see him in his resurrected state. Now, the the passage goes on and says, For he received honor and glory from God the Father when a voice came to him from the majestic glory. That's a fancy word of saying heaven. uh, From majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is not reference to the baptism. This is reference to um, the Mount of Transfiguration on uh, that you would read about in Matthew 17. Um, Peter goes on and says, "We ourselves, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We heard him. We saw him." The Apostle John will say something very, very similar. Let me take you over real quick to uh, 1 John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 and through 4. That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked at and our hands have touched. So there's the ear gate, there's the eye gate, there's there's the, the tactile gate uh, that our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, we write this to make our joy complete about the joy, about the fellowship that they had with the Father and the fellowship friends that you and I also now can have with the Father and with Jesus. So here we see John, the Apostle John, 
writing what he is writing, saying the same thing. We experienced, we were literal eyewitnesses. We heard him, we touched him, uh, we saw him. Luke will say the same thing uh, in the book of Acts as he is getting his account from those who were those uh, firsthand eyewitnesses. says this in verse 3. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. I mean, Peter is not writing about fable. He's not writing about fairy tale, not at all. And then Paul, and I'm, I'm wanting to give you lots of ammunition. So if you're ever talking to somebody, you have some places you can go. Uh, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 uh, through Six, he says, for what I, I for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and to the twelve. So here's the appearance, but then he goes even further. And friends, this is substantial. He says, after that, he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers at the same time most of whom are still living. That's that's at the time of the writing that Paul wrote this. Though some have fallen asleep, and fallen asleep is a way of saying some have died. But 500 at once. You know, people 500 people don't have the same hallucination at the same time. Uh, I've been around high people. Uh, I don't mean high like in position. I mean like, hey, man. Uh, years and years ago, before I was a Christian, I was around high people. And you know what? I, I hallucinated when I was high, and my hallucinations were different than my cousin. And I won't say his name, but my cousin, when he was high, uh, we experienced different things. These people experienced the same thing because some people don't want to say, well, they were high, they were hallucinating. Well, 500 people at the same time don't see the same hallucination. Uh, Peter is substantiating. Friends, what we have here is a legitimate gospel of a legitimate person who really lived and who really lives, in fact. And this is what Peter is trying to underscore here, that you can have every confidence in following after Christ. Into the passage, he says this. We heard this voice, verse 18, that came from heaven. We were with him on the sacred mountain. We've talked about that. So Peter underscores it by his own eyewitness account. But then he goes further in verse 19. He says, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you'll do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So what about the significance of the prophets? I, I, I had a wonderful visit with a Jewish man in my office last Thursday, I think it was. Spent a couple hours together. Not yet convinced about Jesus as Messiah, but man, I, I'm praying that it just it that the light shines in his mind. He's been searching this out for 40 years and, and not yet quite convinced. 
I'm praying that, that my friend uh, becomes convinced. And one of the things we talked about is the prophets. So you go back and look at all the Old Testament prophecies that are given about coming Messiah and look at all the ones that Christ fulfilled. I mean, that as well, to understand that the time frame difference between the time when something was written by a prophet and when Christ fulfilled it uh, is absolutely incredible. And to think of the mathematical probability of, of someone like Jesus fulfilling, I think just eight of them is like, the mathemati- mathematical probability or unlikelihood is that it's uh, 10 to the 17th power that, that a person would actually be able to fulfill just eight of the prophecies that are given. So we can point back to all the prophecy that w- were, were given. And so what the prophets say, and you understand the, 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 the Old Testament prophecies, and there are all kinds of charts you can find on Google uh, you know, Old Testament prophecies, New Testament fulfillments. You, you type in something like that, and you can find all kinds of charts that would be helpful. We have the prophets that make things so very, very sure for us that we can be certain that Christ is, in fact, our Messiah, and he is the one that we want to follow. And he, and, 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 and Paul Peter says, pay attention to the prophets. Uh and he says, uh, it's a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart until you get it. And then he says this, you need to understand uh, that no prophecy uh, came about by a prophet's own interpretation. In other words, now when, when prophets, when writers of the Bible wrote what they wrote, they thought they were writing their own words. God worked through the experiences, God worked through the encounters God work through the personality of all the variety of 40 different authors who wrote the scriptures over 1500 year period of time he used all of all of their experiences encounters and education and and so on but he made sure that every single word that we have in the Bible in the original languages was exactly what it was supposed to be even though they're reflective of the, the the different personalities of the writer. And that's what he means here in verse 20 when he says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy came about by the prophet's own interpretation. Verse 21, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke and wrote from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Friends, the message that we have uh, is the message of God given to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, yes, there are differences in translations. This is true. Um, there are nuances of things. And you'll read the King James, and you'll read the NIV, or you'll read the uh, English Standard Version. And Yeah, it's called translation. But by and large, the message that we get the broad message, the redemptive story that God gives us from cover to cover is the same regardless of what translation you use. And uh, I'm really rethinking my philosophy about, you know, Bible and uh, the words that we have. I I am fully convinced in my heart and mind that that what we have in original languages is absolutely from God. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced in my heart and mind that the variety of translations we have 
contain and maintain uh, the, the redemptive story that God intended from, from stem to stern. Uh, I, I believe that uh, into the details, uh, we have what we need to live life and godliness given us through the Word of God. And I, I think sometimes we end up spending too much time debating over word differences between translations when, when the question we need to be asking ourselves, are we obeying what we get? Are we obeying what we know? James said, don't be mere hearers of the word, be doers of the word as well. What Peter is giving us here is every indication that we can have confidence that what we believe about Jesus is factual, it is verifiable, it is authentic, and we can live the Christian life in confidence because it's fact because it's history, because I would say, I, I would go as far as saying it's irrefutable. And so we can have confidence in how we live the Christian life. Peter underscores it for us, uh, and you can have confidence. If you're not yet a Christian, I encourage you to give your life to Christ and trust your life to Christ uh, and follow him as your Savior. For those of us that are Christians, let, let's grow. Let's not be ineffective. Let's not be unproductive, but let's be fruitful for the glory of our Lord Jesus. Well, friends, that's the end of this chapter. We'll pick up chapter two tomorrow. I'm going to pray you into your day. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the confidence that it gives us. Help us to walk in it. Help us to live in it. Help us to be effective and fruitful bringing glory to Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, friends, have a great day. I will see you again tomorrow.